This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. It's time for another conversation with someone interesting from the internet, or someones to be specific. That's Pomplamoose, a California-based musical duo consisting of real-life couple Jack Conti and Natalie Dawn. Okay, now, if you are a fan of music and I or... Am. You are? So yes. am I. Or if you like getting inside the brains of musicians, then this Ear Biscuit is for you. I like uh, to do that, I'm super too. Super excited about this one. I almost uh, went to medical school to operate exclusively on the brains of musicians. Because they have a lot of money? Uh, no, just because I found their brains interesting and I wanted to press on it during surgery so they would make different notes and I could play no. music through their through their brains during surgery. I guess all musicians don't have a lot of money. It, it, it does it does get pretty deep in this conversation with Pomplamoose. It doesn't get that deep, though. There is no brain pressing that happens. Now, here's the thing. We have been fans of Pomplamoose since way back. I'm talking like... 2008, the dark <laughs> ages of the internet. 2008. So when we Very ran specific. into them at Playlist Live in Orlando, um, you know, it was the first time we met them, and we were ready to record some ear biscuits at Playlist, and so they were the first one. And this wasn't planned. I, I, I got to say yeah. that we that we tried to work out a few uh, interviews at Playlist ahead of time, but we just saw uh, Jack and Natalie in a in the suite, and what was it the uh, uh, hospitality, the hospitality suite. suite. They were enjoying some of the hospitality, and we said we got to talk to Papa Moose, huge fans, and we got to talk to them on Ear Biscuits. And after an hour after meeting them, we brought them up to our hotel room and uh, had this conversation. With and them. I, I got to say, I, I don't know if we were like fanboying, but there was about I the was end, fangirling. There, I, I had yeah. gone beyond fanboying. There was some sort of connection that I felt like we made. So in listening to this Ear Biscuit, I, I think you can pick up on a friendship blossoming with Pomplamoose. So if you don't know them, I'm, I'm glad you get to know them along with us in this Ear Biscuit. Um, they gained attention through their incredibly creative covers of popular songs, and uh, we're going to play a snippet of one here. Yeah, this is, uh, I think, their most popular video uh, to date. This is their cover of Beyonce's Single Ladies. Okay, so that was their first cover, I think. But they went on to do a lot of other amazing covers, including Michael Jackson's Beat It. They told him, don't you ever come around here. Don't want to see your face, you better disappear. The fire's in their eyes and the words are really clear. So beat it, just beat it. You better run, you better do what you can. Don't want to see no blood, don't be a macho man. You okay, I think you can tell by listening to that, this is no ordinary cover. This is not uh, just trying to make a song that sounds exactly like the original. They bring a, a totally unique musical approach to all their covers. But in addition to that, they do something that we can't display in audio form, and that is the visual approach, what they call video songs. We get into exactly what that is. And we also uncover what I guess I would call a chip on their shoulder surrounding the fact that they built their brand on covers when they are legitimate artists who have original songs, which they want to get out there as Incredible well. Incredible original songs. Let's play a snippet of one. Can you introduce it like a radio DJ? Yeah, next up, we've got an original from Pomplamoose, band out of California, If You Think You Need Some Lovin'. If you think you need a 
And there's more where that came from. Next up, we've got, also from Pomplamoose, Hail Mary. My feet were sold to this winding road. My feet were sold, baby, long ago. Oh, Mary, I've left you a pile of dough. Under the floorboards, new Billy Joe's I, I, I don't see any reason why we just don't get into this conversation. I hope you're as excited as we are. We also talk about their relationship, why they disappeared from YouTube for a while, and then why why, what their plans are for coming back stronger. Yeah, I was especially intrigued, Link, with how they balance their romantic life with their musical relationship. It's really quite an eye-opening thing. Here it is, our Ear Biscuit with Jack and Natalie of Pomplamoose. Quachow! So this is something that you're that you're uh, encountering at this point, though, is uh, lots of messages coming in. You read some of them, you don't. What about fan mail? It all comes to one spot, which I know we need to we need to designate, split off, and have a separate. Do you have a PO box? We do have a PO box, yeah. And do you do you read everything that comes to the PO box? No, we don't check the PO box. So <laughs> that's another problem. So the the main problem is we live in two different places right now. I just realized we haven't checked our mail since Courtney left. Yeah, it's been like months. Oh we well, they'll shut it down and they'll burn help. everything. Yeah. The USPS. Right. It's actually not with, it's not a P.O. box. It's a, um, it's a physical address through uh, UPS. So it's somebody's house? It's, no, it's an, it's an actual box, but you get a physical address. It's not a P.O. box. It's a, uh, you, it costs more. But it still goes to because some people don't deliver to PO boxes. Yeah, whatever. Oh, okay. Right. As interesting as the mail situation is, <laughs> but you're, you're, you live separately right now. No, we live together. We live but together. But you're living in two different places. Yes, because I thought, of, you, I thought you would be like, no, yeah, I'm doing the solo career you, thing well, over you're here. At, you're asking if they're a couple. I know that they're a couple. We Natalie and I live together in two different places. Sometimes we live where we record <laughs> in uh, just north of Petaluma in Sonoma County. We okay. live there together. We, that's where our studio is. And then the other half of the time, we live at the Patreon office in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah. So it's we are splitting time. And right now, you're you're split up from each other. No, we're, we no. live together. That's always. That's what I asked. Every Let's night we spend together, together. and every day. A, a lot of the nights. <laughs> I, I understand. And days They're a together. couple. They live together, but there's two different places. It's like that they, they both get, live. That we yeah, both live right. together yeah, at, at the, the same, same time. time. It's oh. pretty simple. <laughs> you even speak at the same time. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Almost eight years. Going on eight years together. Yeah. Really? Well, now, you did you was that like a, something you kind of had at the forefront Right at the beginning of your career, you were like, "We're a couple," because I I remember asking, "Like, are they? Is this a? Are they a couple?" Mm. And it was like, oh, "No, I don't think so. I think they just sing together." Our friends, yeah, I, I don't know, just it's, really good it, friends. I, yeah, that was kind of you to not assume that we were in a relationship because I feel like a lot of people who if they do any sort of collaboration on YouTube, it's like yeah. they're in a relationship, right. you know, and it's like, and no. then if and if you're not, 
yeah. then everybody's disappointed and they're not yeah. going to buy your iTunes single right. or whatever. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's like when I found out that the people from once weren't really a couple. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It just ruined it for heartbreaking. me. Heartbreaking. Mm, it's yeah. bad. Right. Yeah. How many yeah. movies do you watch when you, you realize that you, you thought they weren't actors? They were just acting? <laughs> I, did, I, I remember it. thinking that too, though. I do know what you're talking about. Because it was so indie. It was so, so indie. It was like it had to be real. You thought it was found footage. Yeah. The whole movie once, <laughs> with all of its cuts and everything. <laughs> documentary. Yeah. Wow. You know doc. how recording studios are. It was are. a doc, right? First take sounds amazing. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah. The the engineer looks up from his magazine. He's like, "Wow, these guys are good." And that's how it is in a recording studio. Starts messing around you know? with all of the right. Now the projectors. I want to start with the. The last two videos that you guys put out are the are both the projector music video things. Yeah. So I want to pick you, your brain you, on have that. Have you patented this? And then go backwards. No, I've not patented it. You should. I'm not sure that it's patentable. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be. So you saw that I commented on the Lord Beck Tupac mashup one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just so excited. I when I saw it, I was like, "This is, this is great. This is amazing." And I was like, okay, it's already got two million views. And I was like, no, it it, it doesn't. It, it it hadn't broken a million views yet. So I was like, still hasn't. It's the least I can do. <laughs> and so I was actually frustrated for you guys being a longtime fan. We're both longtime fans. Yeah. For that one in particular to be so innovative in this particular projector type way, I was like, oh, this is this is a this is another big one. Mm. So I was gonna do my little part and comment, but now you regret commenting because it turns out it wasn't a big one. But you did. Well, it, <laughs> no. it, I mean, it's approaching a million views, and you did a yeah. you did a sequel. You've done another one. Well, I think there so are a couple good things for going you, on. right? Mm-hmm. What's the thought process in kind of doing the projectors? Yeah. Well, uh, so you know, first of all, Pomplamoose is like getting back into the swing of it after not being a channel for like two years. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we took some time to like pursue solo projects, and Pomplamoose was like this thing that we did for fun and then it became the most successful thing that either one of us were involved with mm-hmm. and then it felt like a burden because we felt like we had to keep it going and it was it it stopped being fun at, Ooh, at a point the it burden was, of artistry it, it it was it it got to be a point it got to be uh we need to take this to the next level and we need to work with a manager and we need to make a hit song and right. And it was just like, ugh. and then we just, yeah. we got sick and tired and depressed and we just took a break from it. Cause it was too, it's too much. We, we psyched ourselves out. So we're just getting back into it now. And, um, so that's why I sort of don't feel bad. It's like, okay, there's like two videos and we'll keep doing more and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll make a bunch and maybe, and maybe, uh, as we make more, you know, they feed on each other. Like the more yeah. you release, the better the previous oh, sure. ones do. Mm-hmm. And so, as we release more of the, you know, those, those other ones are going to, I'm sure, continue to, to do better. Right. So was the, did the projector idea kind of light a spark to reinvigorate your channel? Or did you have a spark that this was the first application of it? Well, we'd been working on recording. We, we, we have probably about eight songs right now that we haven't released. Um, like the video as well? No, no, just okay. no, not the video as okay. well, but just music. So we we deciding to get back into Pomplamoose was a hurdle in and of itself because mm-hmm. we we wanted Pomplamoose to be fun again, mm. and um and there are so many things that get in the way of something being fun. Um, so mm-hmm. we we're trying not to plan too far ahead to just make it about the music, and um so we went back in, we recorded 
these several songs for the last few months and then decided that it was time to start putting stuff out. And the best way to put stuff out when you've been out of the loop for a while is to... Buy a bunch of projectors. Buy yeah. a bunch of projectors. Actually, one projector. One projector. One yeah, projector. yeah. One, okay, you've been watching. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you cover... I didn't let you finish. You what do you a cover say? is like, you know, it's mm-hmm. that's... That's how you... Right. That's because otherwise people aren't going to notice that you put out an original. So you start by putting out covers, and so we're going to slowly start putting out originals with those covers as and, well. But the, but the projector part of it, how, how did that come about? So that was, was that an idea? accident, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so uh, on my solo channel, I had been working with... Um, so EDM is a very difficult thing to make, to do live. I don't right? even know what it stands for. Electronic dance music. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's intuitive. <laughs> You're wondering if I'm joking? I was I, I was actually looking at you like That's what I was two not of us. joking. I did know that. Okay. And if I if I know something it he feels free to not, not know, it. know it. I mean, I I can it's I have much space in my brain for something else. That's amazing. And that one doesn't seem like it would have taken up much space. <laughs> not sure how you got through 2013 without yeah, knowing right. what EDM was. The <laughs> funny thing is, is we've had this discussion. Okay. I've, I've explained it to a before. I didn't believe you. It seemed too simple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So it's a difficult thing. Electronic dance music. It's a difficult thing to uh, to do live, right? So how do you bring it to YouTube? How do you create a live performance experience mm. of electronic dance music? The thing is, uh, it takes thousands of hours to craft those sounds. They can't be produced live. I mean, I, I record a guitar and then I manipulate the crap out of it until yeah. it growls and screeches and grunges and has sub bass and is layered with other things. And there's a million, th- and it's impossible to show that like Papa Moose would show video songs, right? Like uh-huh. we would do. Mm-hmm. So, Piano, bass. so I, you know, I wanted to do have some kind of video where the the audio where the the visuals wasn't the sound that was being made, but rather it was a visual representation of that sound. It made your brain go, ah, that's the same thing. So if it's a yo 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 wobble bass, then you see a line kind of wobbling with the bass, or you see flashes of lights mm. and boxes at certain times so that there was some kind of synesthetic, you know, correlation between the sound and the video. So I was experimenting with projectors and lighting things. And one time I held up my hand because I was going to, I was using a projector and I went to hold up my hand to, to grab something and my face got projected on my palm. You're like, uh-oh. And I was like, whoa. And I moved my hand face forward palm. and there was my face and I did this. <laughs> um, no, the, and, and it was it was just cool to see the it, the rest of the image okay. behind my Why hand. Why were you projecting your face in the first place? I was projecting my face because I was projecting myself onto a, a, a screen. On uh, I built a screen and I was playing a, a launch pad in front of the screen. And so I was projecting my face onto the screen and then I went to grab the launch pad and boom, there's my face in my hand. I thought, wow, that's cool to see multiple dimensions with one projector. And then I held up a white card and my face popped and was really clear now. And then I put up a couple cards and just just literally just white cards, like note cards, and put them up at various depths and then dragged around images in Final Cut Pro until they were on the cards. That's a good feeling, right? When you discover something like oh, that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was so cool looking. It was so cool to, to, and, you know, to move around and see these things in three dimensions. And then it was just kind of snowballed from there. It was like one video after the next, just, okay, now more techniques, more techniques, more ideas. Oh, so you were doing them on your, your personal channel. Yes. The projector. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah. I gotta check those out. Yeah. Those have 
way over a million views. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. And what, what, oh, okay. what your personal channel is? Uh, is is just, just my Jack. stuff, just Jack Conti music. Jack Conti music. Yeah, my solo okay. stuff. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's more like rah, 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 angry, like EDM, like yeah, kind of stuff. Hardcore. Like electro hardcore. Okay, so, so yeah. that was working on your channel, so you brought it back over to go with this mashup that you guys... Yeah. The Pamplemousse channel to mm-hmm. reinvigorate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's kind of so it's kind of a, a proven thing that it's not it's not just two of them. There's a lot of them on your channel that have gone viral. Yeah. Okay. Two. I and get you it. guys kind of own. I mean, kind of own that concept as far as I can tell. I, I haven't. I don't know if anybody has emulated it, but I definitely. It, one of the things we struggle with is thinking about innovating and doing things that people haven't done before. Mm-hmm. And I think it was much easier to do that in 08 or 09, mm-hmm. you know, but now you're like, oh, that's been done, that's been done. It's, right. it's kind of rare to find something that's that innovative, that cool, works and that well simple. for... simple. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, are you, are you... Surely someone has done this before, right? Mm. Proje- but no, they haven't, and it's just, it's amazing. Right, there is projection mapping. Like, people do projection mapping, but it uses a lot of math and special software. I haven't seen people, like just drag shit around right. uh-huh. and not like use mapping software to make it perfect. I think what's cool about the you know the the projection videos that we've done is that they're they they look kind of bad. Does that make sense? Like it look you can homemade-ish. tell yeah, you can tell that it's there's there's no fancy software or fancy know-how. It's just it's just dragging stuff around in final cut. I mean, it, you can see how it's made. It's still know? got that very internet-y quality yeah. to it which yeah. charm yeah and it you're actually drawing attention to how you do the technique so that people can appreciate it more right mm-hmm. exactly and i mean if we shift over to the video songs i mean you guys certainly innovated on that front as well in terms of coming up with that which there were rules involved in making a video song so take take me back through those or and take me back through the concept of where you came up with that do you guys dev- is this a collaborative part of it? Do you guys work on the music together and then one of you is, is geeking out more about how we transfer this into a video? How does that work and where did the video song idea come from? It was Jack's idea. I could talk about it, but it was Jack's idea. <laughs> is is that is is that kind of a division between you two that um yeah you you're taking more of the okay, this is this is how we're going to do this music video geeking out on that kind of thing? Is that more your thing? So I have a, a film, like, background. So okay. I, I mean, I, I do... But Natalie's... Ed, she edited all the video songs. She did all the editing. Oh, really? On, okay. On, yeah, on almost every single one of them. Hmm. Um, so... Uh, but not for the projection videos. No. Uh, I haven't done... I haven't edited those. But I did edit almost all the, the old Pomplamoose videos. Okay. Yeah. So you came up with... The split screen. The video concept... A video so, song concept. Yeah. So with, with so subject to certain rules. Yeah. Okay. So so are you guys familiar with uh, Dogma Shoot? Oh, I can't remember. Don't remember the numbers. There was a, a group of uh, filmmakers um, in the '60s who got sick of Hollywood productions. Okay. And and they came up with this set of rules that um, you have to shoot on location. You have to use direct sound. You can't overdub. And um, and they just wanted something that was more real. They just yeah. wanted something that was more organic and more like life and less like fake art. And uh, I'm not sure I necessarily agree 
with that, but I like the idea of coming up with rules and constraints and parameters to help you be creative. Mm -hmm. And, and for us, the trouble was, okay, you know, here's our stuff on MySpace and it gets three plays a day. This is 2007, right? So we're like, nothing's happening on MySpace and, uh, we're desperately trying to, you know, make music for a living and, and we have all these songs and we need to figure out a way to convert. Somebody sends me a link to a, a guy who on YouTube, who's got, 350,000 hits and he's singing in front of a webcam playing guitar and it's like what you know he's got an okay voice it's not great it's okay guitar not great it's like why are we putting our songs on myspace we need to be putting our songs on youtube so how do we convert music to video where people are right and so for me the video song was like a function it was like an equation that converted music mm. to video and this sounds shitty i don't mean to sound shitty when i say it this way but it required not very much creativity to do. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it didn't take creative juice to make each video. We just would go in the studio and make the audio. And once the audio was made, the video kind of followed. Right. Natalie did an amazing job editing, but it wasn't that we had to come up with a creative concept for every single music video. Because yeah. you, but you, because you had rules. Yeah. And we what were the rules? The rules were no, um, so no lip syncing for instruments or voice. If you see it in the video, that's the take that you're actually hearing. Mm-hmm. So when you see Natalie singing, those are the takes that we used in the audio. And the second rule is... No hidden sounds. No hidden sounds. So so if you hear something in your earphones, Gotta at some it. point you you saw it in the <laughs> video. So there's Not no, every time it occurred, but at some no. point, at some point you... you dem- you showed people what was happening. Yeah, in other words, we're not hiding stuff from you. Like you get to see how the music is actually happening as it's actually recorded. Because I can tell you when Beyonce records, she doesn't do it in heels <laughs> and full makeup. She's in that sound booth in a freaking sweater, you know, right. it, with a bottle of water next to her. And she probably looks like crap, right? I mean, well, so, as, as much like crap as Beyonce can. As Beyonce can, can yeah, right. right? Exactly. So she looks amazing. Are you saying I look like crap? <laughs> <laughs> Answer the question. I think it's no. a fair question. No, you do not look like crap. You always look amazing. No. Because you're yeah. amazing. No. Now no. you guys can't run ads over this. I just sang a Bruno Mars oh, mm, song. We're good. We won't tell them. Okay. <laughs> nope. Actually, Bruno's the guy who runs ads over this for us. Oh, okay. He's, our, he's our ad guy. It's a side cool. job. Oh. Uh, his name is Bruno so, Mars. Was the... <laughs> was this... I like the sort of the anti um, feeling of, of of the philosophy because there's so much that is faked on the internet and there in even lip syncing videos at the time that you guys were really breaking out. I mean, lip syncing videos were still a a big thing mm-hmm. on YouTube. Was there a, a part of this that's like, oh, this is a great opportunity? I see that YouTube is a great platform, but we want to do it differently than it's being done. Was that really is was that sort of the philosophical approach? Definitely. There, there's some of that, and then there's also just some of um, the the feeling that I I enjoy when I see art is I can do that as opposed to I'll never be able to do that. Right? Like when I listen to a band who's just cloaked behind marketing and and uh, uh, sort of unattainable 
um, veils. I feel like I'll never, that's something I'll never be able to achieve. They're perfect. They're on a cloud making perfection and letting the world listen to it, right? And I'll never be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to feel like that when they listen to our art. I want them to feel like, wow, I could do that. Mm. I feel like that's a more inspiring feeling. That's a feeling that I appreciate when I see art that I like is a, a feeling of empowerment as opposed to belittlement. I remember the word? first time yeah. that I heard Nirvana, it was actually seeing the the music video for Smells Like Teen Spirit. Right. And I, re I remember my reaction was, I can do that. Something about the way that it was presented and the way that it sounded was very the first time that I understood music as something that mm -hmm. I could emulate. Mm -hmm. Now I actually couldn't, but I was under the illusion that I could. And I think that was, at least for me, oh, that definitely. was something that was exciting that kind of drew me in. Also, I think I can do what you guys can do, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, cause I can safely say that I don't think that anything that you've ever seen in one of our videos is what you're hearing. <laughs> I, yeah. I, can, I can safely say that we haven't followed that philosophy, but, um, because I'm just thinking about how many, uh, how much footage you got to deal with. Are you guys well just, with are, the number of takes that we yeah, have yeah, to yeah. do to sing something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be way too much footage <laughs> and too much time. It's like, I mean, it's frustrating enough for us to just go through the audio takes alone yeah. to add. Mm. I don't want to see myself <laughs> struggling to hit that <laughs> note. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. I, well, so I, I'm just wondering um, how you guys kind of keep it so fun and just light and uh because i know behind the scenes and this is this is like a challenge for us like i know there's contracts and like mm -hmm. negotiations business and lots of business and you know growing the channel and right and and okay more content and like right there's all those pressures and and then yet when you tune in it's funny and silly and how the f do you do that <laughs> Well, it's funny because you guys, uh, I think, kind of remind me uh, of Julian Smith. You, you, you know, he's a YouTuber, a friend of ours who makes some incredible. Yeah. He's, he's, it sounds familiar. I can't He say. makes some incredible YouTube videos, but he is. Comedy sketches that look amazing. He's very much a filmmaker. And, mm. and he's very methodical. He's, I would say, a perfectionist, incredible artist, so that everything that he does is, is great. And that's how I see what you guys do it comes from an artistic conviction that if there's not something struck within him that i hear you kind of articulate that there's a chord within your you as an artist that has to be struck for you to continue to create right like we, we talked to him on air biscuits and one of the things he said was that there was a time when he kind of like last year he sort of stopped making videos because he felt like he was just like he didn't have anything great to do on youtube anymore and now he's kind of back, but he took this break. And we were talking about how... So what we're saying is we don't have that cord? No, I, well, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like we're so practical. Not that we... I mean, I would say, are we artists? Do we create? Yes, we, we technically do that. But we're so practical that we've kind of created this, like, this is, a, this is what we do. Monday through Friday, we come into our studio... We are going to get this, this, and this done. I mean, we have engineering degrees. Both of us have engineering degrees. So we don't come from a very like informed artistic background. I think some of that, there's just this very practical approach. That even I mean, sometimes we get ready to record our morning show, Good Mythical Morning, and we are not in a good mood. But we're like, this show is needs to be a bright spot in people's day. So let's center ourselves and let's 
it's not that we're acting, but it's just like for this show, even if I'm worried about this thing, for this show I'm doing this, we're going to be happy and we're going to make each other laugh and, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, a, it's just a very practical approach that we just, we're not artistic enough. I, I Honestly, I would say we're not artistic enough to get to the point where we would ever come to the conclusion like, oh, I, I, you know, this doesn't feel right, so I'm going to take a break. Hmm. That's just... Well, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of, we've got families and uh, there's a lot more at stake when there's other people. That's that, true. Um, so that's kind of a trump card. But we also try to do other things at the same time that can be in a new creative challenge, like doing ear biscuits for us. Uh, I'm not acting in any way. I'm legitimately interested in, you know, who you guys are and where you're coming from and what you've created because I'm a fan. So for me, this is kind of, this is a creative outlet. Hmm. Whereas, you know, maybe 15% of the time doing Good Mythical Morning every single weekday for us is something that, uh, I have to access something that I'm not feeling at the time. So there's, you know, it's, it's performing. Right. But it's not, so it's, it's creating in the moment, but it's not creating a whole album out of obligation. I, I certainly don't think we could do that. And I wouldn't expect any great artist to do that. You know, you hear about people under contracts. Do I got to give Columbia Records another album? Right. Like, mm. does that answer your question? Totally. We're, we're not half the artists you are, and that's why we're talking to you. <laughs> I beg to differ, but... Uh, well, I, but I want to find out, um, you know, I, we, we don't have time to hear each of your entire life story, but I want to find out the point in which your lives intersected and maybe some things that you think contributed to, which we can kind of get into this, the mentality that you have, you know, this this... I would say it's a it's a pure artistic mentality that you bring to things that you would adopt a formula to, to bring to your 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 work on YouTube and just as musicians in general. I want to kind of find out what contributed to that. Yeah. Uh, so how did you guys meet? Yeah. Well, uh, we were going to the same university, and uh, which I was, was? A freshman at Stanford. Stanford. Uh-huh. I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um. um so I was a freshman and Jack was a senior. Rub in the cradle. <laughs> so we got a four-year discre- discrepancy here. No, it's actually three because I was kind of early okay. and she was kind of... Yeah. Okay. I, was, I kind of redid a grade when I moved to France. Uh, different story. Um, so uh, so I was, I was... You moved to France to redo a grade so people wouldn't be like... <laughs> Oh, look at her. She's held back. It's like, I'm going to go to France to do that great again. Yeah, I want to do this in French and see how different it is. <laughs> Third grade in France was is a that, little bit is different. Is that how it was? It was. It when was, you go to France, you start talking like this. Well. But it was... It was <laughs> <laughs> so you... you, you okay, uh, so you went to... You did so, fifth grade in, in America, and you did fifth grade again in France. Yes, I did, and most people don't don't know that. But Which my one's parents, better? Uh, well, France was less comprehensible for me because I didn't speak French. Mm. So that was why, that was why I would, I would, um, uh, any class I didn't understand. First of all, nobody spoke English in the whole school and I didn't speak French and it was a little, little country school where they would ring the bell to start classes. And anytime I couldn't understand what was happening in the lesson, they'd be like, Natalie, why don't you go spend time with the kindergartners and learn how to like write cursive and like play with puppets. Mm. And so that was my second fifth year was wow. <laughs> hanging out with French kindergartners. And then I learned French and then everything was great. Everything changed. And then later on, I did you I met stay Jack in France with like your 
your parents? Yeah, my my parents were missionaries, and so okay. I was uh, I was in France and Belgium uh, from uh, ten to eighteen, and then okay, wow, then the formative years. Yes. What flavor missionary are we talking about here? Uh, Pentecostal evangelical. Okay. Pentecostal what evangelical. Flavor what is flavor is salsa picante <laughs> missionaries? <laughs> what flavor? I, would say, uh, I, th- I thought that butter, was like a butterscotch. <laughs> some sort of Dorito. <laughs> I didn't mean it in a derogative cool term. Ranch. Cool ranch. Cool ranch missionaries. <laughs> Coconut was, lime missionaries. Okay, I was just trying to. I was trying to characterize it in a way that was like there's cool. positivity. Yeah, oh, I didn't want to add flavor. defensiveness. No. Like, what kind not... of? What flavor? <laughs> it's more like, oh, what flavor? You know, it's like a positive flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Any, yeah, yeah. You know. Cool ranch. I mean, that's. I enjoy good. this flavor. This surprising flavor. Right. In my Spice mouth. of life, kind of a thing. And so then, at some point, you decided. And I would say that Pentecostal. I would call that. Uh, a little spicy. Spicy. Yeah. Spicy, yeah, you, you never know, you know, never might reach know. out and bite you, might, <laughs> you know? might. but you'll be okay if it's a snake, you'll be okay. <laughs> so, now we're t- <laughs> are we on the right track here? We're a little bit off. So, track you were snake, from meeting Jack, your parents were snake handling, yeah. snake well, we're handling, in, we're in really a good place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, French snake handlers, got it. Um, no. so yeah. Stanford, so then, yeah, so then we met there. I was, um I was opening for his band, and he walked in and saw me playing the bass and singing. And As, like, ooh. solo? Solo. I, wow. you know, this is college, so just picture me playing a bass. He didn't have a chance. With somebody on the chance. And it was over. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I, it was like a, it, it was kind of like smoky, foggy in there. Oh, wow. And there's this, like, tall, beautiful girl on stage with this. Huge bass and bass. she's and and just like so not a stand up bass an electric bass no no, no it was an electric bass and, and, and uh, yes yes sorry yes it was an yeah. electric bass and uh, I would play chords on it I literally but... like we locked eyes and I literally like was looking at her for like four seconds she was just looking at me and she's just she does this thing when she plays where her head is tilted down she like looks <laughs> she's looking at me and I lit- it was like one of those things where like I tripped over stuff and like and still like kept eye contact and then leaned over to my ex-boyfriend right you who didn't I didn't know, know was an ex-boyfriend was an ex-boyfriend wow. and said who's that who is that and he was like that's Natalie Dawn her kisses are like jazz <laughs> <laughs> he, I swear to god he said oh, that he too. said that really <laughs> yeah Oh my goodness! Oh, so this was an ex-wife. This was a relationship that you had ended. Because <laughs> yeah. kisses still, he, are he like still jazz. Your kisses were like jazz. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Wow, wow. <laughs> that's amazing. I actually didn't know he said that, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I can totally believe it. And what what were you singing? I just you know just a just a girl with a bass alone singing what? Johnny Cash? Well, no, no, no. I don't know they why were all, they I said were all originals. Cash. They were all okay. they were all things that I'd written. I figured out when I was when I was actually about eighteen that whenever I was writing songs, I was hearing intertwining melodies, and and so I asked my parents if they would get me a bass guitar because I w- I wasn't really hearing chords so much as melodies, and so the I would play hmm. sort of meandering melodies and the. So the vocal melody would sort of cross with the bass melody, and 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 that was. Do you do it? Do you do this the same style in your solo stuff now? Um, no, not 
Not really, um, but a bass is a really important way of how Jack and I write together. Yeah, we basically, Natalie will often write a melody in a bass line, and I just kind of fill in the holes. Hmm. Yeah. Not really. I wouldn't put it that way. I, I mean... <laughs> That's I, often one way we one way we write though. I feel like a a lot of the times what happens is you write a really cool chord progression and have an idea for a melody and say, okay, now, now, now write a really cool bass line. Right. Just write a bass line. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of alter the, you alter what you wrote to fit around the bass line. And and is is this an argument right now? (laughs) No, I think we agree. I think we we agree. agree. (laughs) Do you guys have our arguments and how heated do they get? Heated. Really? Uh, qu- quantify that. We, we never we raise never our voice. We never raise our voices never. or throw things or anything. Okay. Never, never raise okay. voices. Never okay. yell at each other. But we do make each other sad sometimes. We do, yeah. <laughs> As couples do, right? That's, That's a part nice of, way to put it. Yeah. 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 Do you yeah, flee things. each other's presence? Like, I mean, my wife and I, when we, we've kind of fixed it for the most part, but... Early on in our relationship, we would have these knockdown drag out fights, which would mean she would run and like into the garage and lock me oh, wow. out so like I couldn't get to her anymore to have more of an argument. Wow. I would be trying Whoa. to fix it and she would be trying to process. Mm. Dang. That's pretty That's intense. what we do. That is intense. She's like, just go away. Let me figure this out. You guys don't do that anymore. No, we don't she doesn't sequester herself. We okay. we it's not as heated. It's more Right. Let's just let's just talk this let's out. Talk about it. Yeah. We have hmm. we have cycles of upsetting each other too. Right. Things that we've had to like sort of break break the cycle when right. we get into an argument. Like I would I'd say something that would uh, unintentionally upset Jack, and then he would get frustrated at me, and then I would ask him why he was upset, and then he would say why he was upset, and I'd apologize and be like, "Oh, I didn't mean to upset you." And then, I hold grudges. And then he would it takes he, me a long he time. wouldn't get over it, and then I would get angry at him for still being upset with me for something that I didn't mean to upset him about. <laughs> and then, especially after and you apologize, after yeah, I apologize for unintentionally. She's totally in him. the right here, by the way. I'm a jerk. <laughs> I was like very willing to admit, okay. like Natalie is the better person here, like absolutely. I, I, it takes me a little while to forgive. I don't know what that is, but I, I hold on to it. I just, I have emotional inertia. It just takes a while to like, to ugh, breathe out of me. Right. Yeah. So I just have to give him a space and, and not, I have to not get angry at him for still processing everything, but he's gotten a lot better at like processing things faster. Because of you, because, because I'll do something really dickish and you'll, and then I'll realize how much of a jerk I am and I'll say, I'm sorry. And you'll say, that's okay. I know you love me. And then you're like happy and chipper and talking about 30 rock. And I'm like, what the F? I was a dick. (laughs) Like, why are you mad at me? Because I would be like mad at you for like a day. Yeah. Okay, so and all of this came out in the in that that first meeting, I assume. Right, yeah. So <laughs> you, the kisses taste like jazz. Where, where, where do you You're go like, from I there? I gotta get some jazz, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, is, is, so what happened next? <laughs> we dated for a couple of years, um, and uh, we we didn't really uh, collaborate on music because that's kind of like the kiss of death for a relationship. Well, we started by collaborating on music and it didn't work. And then we broke up. Right. And then we got back together and Hmm. we're like, no more music. Um, And together, not separately, we could do music, but we weren't collaborating on it. And you were still at Stanford and you had graduated. Yes. Yes. And what were you doing at the time? 
Uh, I was doing a couple things. I started off right after I graduated. I started off as an SAT tutor. <laughs> Not really proud of that. Then uh, I started working as um, doing background music for for Google. Actually, I did like I was a in house composer and uh, and did like directed videos and things for them for their like in house video production department. Really? Yeah. And they offered because him- you had a filmmaking yeah. degree in film. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I didn't have a degree in film. I had a degree in music. Okay. But I. I was actually going to go to film school after college. I got in. I was ready to go. And then USC I, film I, school. At the very oh. last minute, I didn't go because hmm. uh, I was in a pop band and I wanted to, to do music. And so I, I didn't Not go. Not Pomplamoose. Uh, the other a different band. band. A different right. band. And yeah. were you studying music also? No. I, was, I wasn't planning on being a musician. I was, uh, I don't know what I was planning on being, but I was definitely planning on doing something that made money and where I could actually have an income and, and like a, but you didn't have a plan. What was the major? Well, I I was, I was majoring in art and mastering in French literature at the same time. Um, and, uh, and, uh, don't, don't really know what I was planning on doing with that. I think I was just planning on getting two degrees right? um, and then doing something that was not related to either. (laughs) Right. Okay. But yeah. So so then what you guys you you, music broke up your relationship was more important so you did music separately it was was kind of a hobby you were kind of doing the the music job thing but Mm -hmm. yeah and then jack started posting some of his stuff on youtube um or myspace first i thought you said right yeah yeah Yeah, myspace first but then YouTube. When did you? When did you? Two thousand seven. I started two thousand seven. Okay. And at that point, he's he thought that it would be really good for me to have a YouTube channel too. So he produced my first song for me. Um, but you had made the decision uh, just as a couple. We're not going to collaborate on music because that was devastating the first time. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, what? What was it that made us start working on music together? I think it was the response to that video. Yeah. What was the first vi- video you're talking about on a, on her channel that with the song you yeah. produced? Yeah. yeah, we ended up posting it on my channel. Okay. Um, because I had more subscribers at the time, and we wanted to get people over to my channel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and all my subscribers said like, you know, Jack, really like your music, man, but this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no offense, Jack, but this is this is like we like this. And what? what <laughs> but was you the were song? not in it. No, 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 I no, was, I was, was in playing, it. He was playing all of the instruments. It was like a Pompamoose video, but Natalie but was singing. You, and you were, but you kind of saw it as, I'm, a, I'm like a producer and I'm playing some instruments and... Yeah, it, it was... So, and I'm in the video a little, but yeah. it's her video for her My thing. Song. I just kind of did some production on it. Right, and it... But, and this was an original. Uh, this so was this was... One of my originals. This was, it sort of... At the end of producing it, though, we felt we both felt like it would be weird to call it a Natalie Dawn song mm-hmm. because I had messed it up so much, or not messed mm-hmm. it up, but made it just something else. There was and a lot of Jack in it. There was a lot of Jack in it, yeah. And uh, and so so we we when we posted it, we didn't even have a band name, right? No, we didn't have a band name until we wrote our first song together, right? Which um, happened, I guess, about a month later. You were in my my dorm room and you were playing the guitar, and I just started singing over. I, I sang a melody over the 
guitar line that he was playing and he right. said what's that and I said I don't know I just sang something and he was like well keep going and so and then we wrote our first song together yep. and posted that so as it happened as very naturally yeah, it wasn't like all right Let's have a meeting. Are we going to collaborate? It was just like, you no. know what? Just keep playing then. I'll keep singing. But we, <laughs> and it kept doing better than think, either of our solo projects. I think the way we rationalized it was that it was it was a side project. Yeah. It wasn't either of our right. main focus. Then it started really taking off, and we weren't super prepared for that. What, the, what were the mechanics of that? Like what song or video really popped for Pamplemousse? Um, well, and why I, did you call it Pomplamoose, by the way? Because, because we didn't care. We, we <laughs> <laughs> if we would have cared. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, a friend of mine got back from France and we were talking about learning French and she told me that the funniest French word that she'd learned while she was there was Pomplamoose, which means grapefruit. And, um... And I thought, oh, yeah, that is a really weird word. And then the next day, Jack and I were like, yeah, let's, I guess we should have a band name. What do you think about Pomplamoose? Oh, yeah, that's good, I guess. There were no other suggestions for a band name. <laughs> it, there was not a single other suggestion. So we just went with Pomplamoose. I got the URL. And well, we were Pomplamoose. It's, I mean... It's a good band. Name. I love it's fabulous. I'm totally cool with it. But it, it has an animal in it before all the hipster bands had <laughs> animal names in their bands, right? <laughs> yeah. It yeah. does. It does. Um I'm I'm happy with the name too, but it was an accident and it it was totally an afterthought. Um and uh what popped? Single ladies. Single ladies. Yes. Okay, yeah. That was the yeah. first one, okay. That was it. Yeah, we we had five hundred thousand views overnight in two thousand nine when that was a lot of views. Yeah, right. We went from yeah. ten thousand to fifty thousand subscribers in, in three like a, months. Yeah, a couple. And was that um, you know a lot of people uh, that three we months, we talked to, we, we get the impression that they sort of were kind of studying YouTube and kind of figuring out what would work, and they're like, oh, well, if we do this, this is gonna like what was the thought process behind saying we're gonna do this, we're gonna cover single ladies. Yeah, we produce a record for a. Uh, an incredible singer songwriter that I love named Julia Noons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was one day into YouTube, I just typed the Beatles and her video popped up before any Beatles videos. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. What is happening here? And you already knew her. I did know her. You're like, that's Julia that's is the Beatles result. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that's when I started learning about SEO and started thinking about covering songs. And again, this like, People were covering songs back then, but not like people are covering songs now. I mean, now yeah. like people just go through the iTunes top 10 and they just crank them out like we week after week. In 2009, people were not doing that. Like cover songs was not a method. Mm -hmm. Like nobody was doing that. Um, there were some people who were covering pop songs, but they weren't like iTunes top 10. It was like, what songs do I like? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like this, this Mariah Carey song. song. Right. And this old yeah. Bella Fleck song. And, mm -hmm. oh, here's a new one. And I like the one that just came out on the radio. I'll do that one. And then, you know, so so it wasn't, wasn't calculated pandering to get views. And, and now mm -hmm. it very much is. And, you know, I guess I feel bad about that. We are partaking in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, see, I feel like it's so important to be innovative and try something different. And yet the system is optimized for SEO, right? It's so like, we all know how the algorithms work. Yeah. And 
um, ignoring it is honestly just shooting yourself in the foot. Like it really yeah. is. I, so it, I'm not, I haven't figured out a way around it yet. I would love to, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. It feels but, like but you've found a way. I mean, not only with the fact the video format of the video song being a, this innovative, creative expression, but you found a way to do a cover of Beyonce or Michael Jackson or whoever the case may be that is very much uniquely your voices, mm. your the the pamplemousse sound. That I, I think yeah. that. You know, I mean, I, I guess that was calculated, but I mean, I, that, maybe that's the redemptive aspect of it, it for yeah. you guys from an artist's perspective. Yeah, we don't take a song and and not, you know, think about how to reharmonize and re- restructure it and and present it in a different to pump way. To pompomousize it, exactly. Yeah. We're, we're we usually def- take one element of the song and then ditch everything else, right? Yep. So we'll like take just the melody or just a chorus sometimes or we'll combine pieces of songs that we like the chorus of this with the verse of that because they would work nicely together or the chords of this song with the verse melody of that's right so yeah we usually just like take something and then we strip everything else away and i guess that makes it feel a little bit more uh creative yeah i totally yeah i mean i definitely when you talk about it i see that just what we talked about that the pure artistic approach uh, th- that pure artist in each one of you kind of has this like hesitancy to uh, I, I wish we didn't have to do a cover uh, song I wish we could yeah. just do the original things but at the same time like you feel like you're apologizing almost yeah. even here but in in and I feel like to kind of go back to the differences like the way that we think about it I think there is a, there is we definitely talk about how we want to be innovative we don't we don't want to do something that somebody else has done but we definitely sit around and think like if you want to you want to stay in this YouTube thing. You have to look at those patterns and you have to adapt and you have to, uh, some people just flat out, just game the system. Just game it. And we don't want to do that. It's an but, arms race, man. But you have to take into account the reality. And, and But the cool thing about what you guys do is you're like, man, that was so, there was something so innovative about that cover. That wasn't just a typical cover. And it immediately draws you into the band and, mm-hmm the originals, mm. you know, it kind of moves you into that experience. Like, oh, what, else, what else have these guys done? Because I can tell that they can write songs just because, you know, I can tell that there's something else going on here. This isn't just somebody who has a producer. Good and has cover a, band. Yeah, a good voice. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. And I would go beyond that. It's like, we're, I think we're, we're trying to convince you guys not to that be okay. ashamed of what you're doing. <laughs> you should be proud. This is, you know, you guys are doing great. I would go a step further and say that I mean, you guys, if it wasn't for what you did, I mean, you look at the walk off the earth of the YouTube space now. I think them being some of the, you know, the foremost, most successful in that way of, okay, we're taking this cover, but we're doing it in this extremely creative expression of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't talked to them about you guys, but I have to assume that they wouldn't they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys innovating in that way. You know, I think that uh, it's inspired people to be creative and there may be some gaming the system to it or working within the system, but also doing that subject to um, your own, you you know, your own convictions, so to speak. I I think it's funny how how many uh, sort of versions of the of the metaphor there really are for for the combination of gaming and 
true artistic creativity. Uh, just in, even in music, when Natalie and I write music, we think of a, a combination of uh, tension and release, right? So like chords that sound nice and chords that sound a little like they're not settled yet and then they settle and that's nice. And like having a balance of in and out and tension mm. and release and gaming the system and not gaming the system and, you know, being creative and following the algorithm, right? Mm. You kind of have to apply in and out to like yeah. every aspect of your business and your and your creativity. Because if you just, if you're, if you're a hundred percent pure artist about it and you don't do any, you don't at least acknowledge the system then you write beautiful songs that nobody ever hears. Yep. And um, and that's like one thing that we're figuring out, try, trying to figure out how to cope with is like, okay, we feel like a little bit ashamed, but at the same time, we, the you know, we want people to hear our music because we're proud of it, mm-hmm. you know. And so so we feel like we owe it to ourselves to to take advantage of the things that we know how to do. Has, has anyone ever confronted you? You know, you seem to have this defensive stance, but have you heard that from anybody? Totally. Really? Yeah. Mm. Like, besides the comments? Because, I mean, I'm oh, talking no, about like in face-to-face. It's mostly when we get lumped into the category of bands on YouTube. Oh, yeah, bands do great covering songs on YouTube, but nobody can actually sell originals, right? No, Like, none of them are actually songwriters. They're just cover bands. You know, and then the list YouTube pompous. cover... Artists, YouTube cover sensation, artist. Oh, really? Yeah. Like that whole media thing yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the truth is like our original songs have just as many or more hits as some of our covers do. Right. Um, it's not, you know, it's just that, you know, people know us for the covers and uh, that's our own fault, right? We, we made the covers. Was that part of the, would you call it a burnout like that you guys that you guys experienced and when, when was that and what led to it and was it was part of it like feeling like oh there were hamsters in a wheel if you want to do this you have to play this game and what led to the the burnout oh my gosh so many things so led many to the things. burnout <laughs> it was it's really hard to just uh, just pick th- out the juiciest most personal <laughs> aspect of it and tell us about that <laughs> um Juiciest, most personal aspect of it. <laughs> what would that be? Yeah, toss it back to her. Is it what you're actually thinking of? I, I'm, I can think of a couple of pretty. Go for it. Um, uh, one of them. Okay. Uh, w- one of them was that um, both both Jack's so Jack's mom and my dad uh, had cancer. And we're really sick and we were spending a lot of time uh, dealing with cancer. Um, And the idea of writing fun pop material just wasn't really speaking to either of us. We were having Mm. trouble. Um, And and we even kind of associated Pomplamoose with the the illness in a lot of ways. It was, Mm. it got, I don't know, it was just that, that's probably the the darkest element of it. What do you Um, mean associated it? Um, with the illness, I think because Jack's mom liked Pomplamoose so much, yeah. she she loved the band so much, and um, and then her loss uh, just sort of made it difficult to, um, I guess, uh, appreciate the success of the band. Right. She was also sick for a long time, so I I've spent three years at you know, at at her house, um, you know, and 
there, there's also an element of, sorry, it's getting pretty heavy. This is some <laughs> heavy, heavy stuff here. But, um, you know, I've, I don't regret the choice that I made of being, of being there and being with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and for three years, everything else kind of stopped, you know? It's, and, and I don't regret that. I, I'm, I'm happy that, that we did that. Um, but I, I couldn't there, I didn't do much else in that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I feel really guilty about being angry about that too, not yeah. to turn this into a therapy session, <laughs> but like, I feel bad that that frustrates me. Right. You know? And so, and all of that then gets wrapped in with Pomplanus. Cause it's like, I wasn't able to do Pomplanus. I wasn't out to, able to come out with videos weekly. I had to be somewhere else. And then I start feeling guilty that that makes me angry, and all of that is wrapped inside Pomplanus, and it yeah it imploded on itself. And so that was like 2010, 11, and twelve, or or, or 11, nine, 12, 13? Nine, 10, and eleven. Okay. Yeah. And so and both of you guys were going through that. Eight, with nine, your... ten. Eight, nine, ten. So okay, eight, nine, really. Ten. Eight, nine, ten. So pretty much right when it was right getting when it, started. Right when, was... right when it was getting started. Yeah. Okay. And you were both going through that with a parent, is what you said, right? Uh, yeah. My my dad's my dad's illness happened. Uh, sl- they were overlapping, but a, a little bit later, and it wasn't quite as uh, severe as Jack's mom's illness. But yeah, we were both we were both struggling with that, um, and also the Pomplamoose business it had been something that Jack was primarily running and that I wasn't really taking the reins for during all of this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was frustrating as well. I think you feeling like you were, you were trying to, you know, pull the whole, pull the whole thing and that we hadn't really divided up roles successfully. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we, that took a bit of time to figure out. Um, and now, it's a little better, but we still have different, like I'm a, I'm a total workaholic and, and I just work like all the time. And, uh, and Natalie like loves quality of life. Right. And, and at five likes to relax and, and cook dinner and watch a TV show. And, right. and like, and that's something I really need to do. And, and we do, it's, it's just, it makes, it does make the dynamic interesting and tough you know and and like that's something that we talk about all the time is like is is our our because i think kind of what i do is almost unhealthy you know but but at the same time i feel you know like we like we got to i don't know yeah i I feel like we've we've somehow managed to find some sort of a balance it's good now i feel like it works really well now it's gotten so much better but it it took several years of us figuring out our relationship um, and sort of actually rebuilding our relationship after Jack's mom passed and, and like, uh, you know, before we could actually have a successful business on top of the relationship, we had to have a strong relationship. And now I feel like that now we're there, Pomplamoose can take off again. And do you feel that, do you feel now that, you know, moving forward or now that you, your musical careers are more defined by Pomplamoose than they are your individual careers separately? For sure. 
Yeah, I mean, Pomplamoose is uh, is the is the yeah. No one knows my my solo stuff. I mean, People your solo stuff was taking off pretty pretty nicely. Still though, year. people people know me as half of Pomplamoose. They don't, yeah. But, but yeah. do you feel do you feel a need to, for all the reasons that you said earlier, to maintain the solo career because there that keeps things healthier? Uh, it's a separate outlet. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. different sort of expression. Yeah, I, I think that there's probably a good chance that that Pomplamoose will always, you know, sort of take take breaks. Um, it's just it's healthy to have other outlets of mm-hmm. expression uh, and to not always be working together. Uh, right now we're in a phase where we're really excited to be working together and but you know after uh, putting out an album and going on tour three times, we might be ready to just sort of like go back to our separate studios and have dinner together but mm-hmm. like not be working so closely together every day and yeah. we both kind of understand that and feel it out and um, I think it was fortunate that for for the two years when we weren't working on Pomplamoose that we uh, we were both good with focusing on our solo careers. Then it's never it's never like oh I really want to and the other person is like no. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like yeah. you you're you've always, been in sync in that way. Yeah, yeah yeah so that's that's good. So it sounds like this is the year of the Pomplamoose oh, again. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And are you are you Talking about it that way on your channel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're like we're coming totally back. Gearing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're yeah. we're calling the whole thing season two. Okay, <laughs> it's like that was season one. Yep. Every that's all done, and mm-hmm. now season two. So what do we? Uh, what can we look forward to? What's the? What's the plan? What's in the wings? Um. Obviously, more current covers, but also we've recorded several originals. Okay, so um, so, so that'll be a combination of guilt, right? <laughs> lots of guilt for you guys to, to still work through. <laughs> right. Okay, so tension oh, and release, tension and release, tension and release. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, I like that analogy. Yeah. So, um, how many originals do you have? I think you already told us that you had like six or so. Yeah, it's like five or yeah, six. Yeah, five or six originals, and then we've also got some some oldie covers that were kind of mm-hmm. stoked about yeah like five or six older covers and then we'll be releasing recording and releasing timely we call them timely covers chart toppers yes. as as we go on and promote the the album and then a tour in the fall um and then probably a european tour after that and then possibly another u.s tour after that so the the first portion of the year up till fall is going to be about releasing new material new videos and then after that it's going to be about playing live for the rest of the for the rest of the year. Now, have you ever, uh, when you were touring before, did you guys plan this much ahead of time, like a year, like this is what we're doing Never. this year? So this no. is the most significant mm-hmm. sort of strategy that you've ever implemented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've figured a lot of stuff out. I feel like it's <laughs> the first year. Oh, it's so it's so weird to look back and think about how little we understood yeah, when we, when, when fame just sort of landed in our lap very briefly. Yeah. Fame. It was. It was. It yeah. was YouTube fame. And it, yeah, yeah. and it landed in our lap, and we were not expecting it. Yeah. It's a particular um, type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. You yeah, know. next thing you know, you're in a car commercial. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, let's talk about that. Oh boy. Are there, how many? Uh, what car commercial was it? Hyundai. Hyundai, man. We did, we, and we Toyota did, as well. Well, yeah. we did Toyota, but we weren't acting in the Toyota. Commercial. No loyalty. <laughs> hey, yeah. But so you did a song, or I don't. Was it a cover that you guys did, or were they originals? Uh, the, all covers all in covers. both commercials. Uh, Toyota was Mr. Sandman. Hyundai yes. was all Christmas songs. Yeah, I remember one was Christmas themed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three Hyundai Christmas commercials. Well, okay, and and so uh, and how how was that for the uh, the artists within? Because you know how it is. I mean, you know, doing a commercial. We really don't feel that bad about commercials. I actually have a thing about like, I think a lot of people peg me for a, for a, a hipster and like a I'm I, no no corporations like blah blah. I'm like not about that at all. I'm total. I think brand integrations are like one of the best ways for artists to make money. I'd so much rather have a brand pay me to write a song than a record label because the brand isn't going to tell me what BPMs to write the song at. Right. right. They're not going to get and say, we don't like that lyric. The brand's like, well, I don't know. Is that good? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And then they put it out. Yeah. yeah. Like they're not dipping their toes in my creative pot, whereas also, a label is. when yeah. a brand gives you money, you don't have to pay it back to them. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. right. Yeah. You're, it's not indentured no. uh, servitude. Yeah. Brand- I'm just glad to hear that you're not, you don't feel bad about that too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I'm glad you're focusing your guilt. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, covers. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm really focused. I got a and magnifying glass on the cover <laughs> guilt. Yeah, but you'll sell out all over the place. That's yeah, great. Yeah, we yeah. love that. Yeah. Hey, trust me, we've hey. done, we've sold out many times over. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I actually I love. I, I have a video from 2009 that I posted. It's a vlog where I'm like not. It's not like begging, but I'm basically like saying brands like. Like, there's all these creative people making videos. Like, use us. Like, pay us to make cool stuff and do thoughtful integrations. Like, you know, if, if you, um, whatever, like the wine thing with Hannah and, and you know, My yeah. Drunk Kitchen, like, that's a beautiful integration. It makes sense. It's native. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's just awesome. And, like, mm-hmm. that's a great way for the – it's a win for the wine company. It's a win for My Drunk Kitchen. It's just awesome. And and I I was trying to explain this in the video, and now it's like I feel like it's, brands are really doing this. Like yeah. there's so many integrations now, mm-hmm. and they're and a lot of them are natural. Some of them aren't as natural, but I'm right. so thrilled about that. It's so much better than signing a crummy contract and giving away your your you know future revenue for ten years. And the thing about yeah. Hyundai, especially, was that when they came to us, first of all, I got an email. I thought it was a joke. I opened up the email, and it was probably two lines, and said, "Hey, we're writing you on behalf of Hyundai. Uh, like your videos. Was wondering if you guys ever thought of being on television." <laughs> Being on television. Being on television. <laughs> and it was for real. It was for real. So, and I, re- yeah. I replied and was like, uh, sure, what are the details? Here's my lawyer, you know. <laughs> right. You know? And they, uh, and like, they got thanks, back. crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> and they got back, and it was for real. Um, and, uh, and they wanted us to make music. They, they wanted us to cover public domain songs, which we would then own. We own those songs. So we mm-hmm. get to sell them and, you know, put them on an EP, which we did. And we did an entire, we, we didn't g- sell them. We didn't sell them. We gave them away and raised about $130,000 for in charity mm-hmm. for after the, after the Hyundai campaign, um, for, for books. So the different uh, school district. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, but so, so we got to make the music, um, we got to film the videos at home with a very, very little intervention from them in terms of them even being in the room. They gave us nice cameras, but mm-hmm. then they just sort of backed out. Um, and then I got to edit the commercials just like really? I 
edit all of our video songs. And so it really just felt like making three very short Pomplamoose videos and that um, they were going to buy the airtime for. Yeah. It was like, hey, can we it's put great. your videos on television? I yes. Mean, yes. Sometimes yeah. it all works out. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. It yeah. was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I wish we got more stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So, last question for me, at least. I don't know how many questions you have. <laughs> um, if you could have anyone cover your song, an original song, and feel guilty about it, who would it be? <laughs> Anyone, Tom Waits. Hmm. Really? Get it? Yeah. Drop that voice on it. Yeah. <laughs> Start taking it in the direction. Yeah. yeah. Tom Waits. Tom Waits. If Ever. if I'm gonna get into Tom Waits, what album should I buy first? Because I'm Rain still dogs. an album guy. Rain Dogs. Rain, Rain dogs. dogs. Oh my God. Rain Dogs. D O G S. Dogs. Yeah. D O G S. Okay. Two words. Two words. Rain, Rain dogs. dogs. Wow. He's he sounds like an eighty-five year old hermit and he's thirty-two. It's it's unbelievable. You know, but the smart yeah. thing about singing like that is you always sound good, no matter how old you get. When you start singing like right, that, right. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. We saw Chris yeah. Christopherson with Merle Haggard uh at the Greek and Merle didn't hold up as well as Chris Christopherson because Chris was kind of always that Sunday morning coming down kind of place. It was yeah. it, so it was pretty. It works. It was pretty great. It's a good strategy. What about you, Natalie? Um, if anyone were to cover one of our songs, gosh, and I feel don't guilty know. about it, I'd, who who should I'd, it be? I'd hope for. I would honestly. I'd I'd be happy if if someone like. Like Beyonce covered our songs. That's what I'd aim for. Split like, the script. Yeah. Wow, which song? Huh? Which song? I don't know. Single Ladies. That was a really good song. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, you know what? I think she's done that. <laughs> it's a great video. <laughs> that would never work in the genre of R&B. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, this is... Uh, it's been fabulous. It's been great. We would ask you to sign the... Uh, we actually get people to sign the table, but since this is a hotel room table, I mean, you could. We don't want them to but, charge you for yeah, that. No, our, our credit card is going to be <laughs> held responsible. I have to say, this is a very weird thing. I feel like you guys know so much about us. Really? <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. It, it's usually more dimly lit, know. so it doesn't feel as weird. Okay. I feel like you're you just feel like staring you need into our souls to interview now, us now? And we don't know you guys. We'll, we'll yeah. be on your podcast. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Our <laughs> next episode. Pompous. Do you have a podcast? No. <laughs> okay. We'll be your first guest. Right. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll record it for you. When you guys get around to that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, thank you. And there it was, our hotel-based conversation with Pomplamoose. Could you feel the relationship blossoming with them over the course of the conversation? You mean the co- their relationship with, with each other, their romantic relationship? No, their relationship with uh, Rhett and Link, us. <laughs> I feel like we were, we really became friends, you know, having never had a conversation except for that one that was recorded for the Ear Biscuit. Well, I felt like they connected well with me. But, you know, and all I got to do is connect well with one of us, what? and then the they, other one get the other one gets in automatically. I'm just kidding. I thought well, they, they liked me. They, I think they made equal eye contact with you. So I mean, you know, and I think maybe we helped out their relationship. Who knows? 
Well, you know, uh, I will say, and I, and I love it when this happens, and it happens on a pretty regular basis, and it just reminds me that uh, why I love doing this show, and that is after we got through with our conversation, Jack and Natalie said, you know what? Uh, we didn't know we were going to end up talking about some of that stuff. You know, even the, the stuff with uh, their parents' cancer, and they, ha- they hadn't really, they, they, you know, it's not that like it's not public, but they hadn't talked about it in that way before in a setting like this. Yeah, I'm glad they felt comfortable talking to us because we're such good friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, may- maybe, you know, maybe the next time I go into the DJ voice, I will be introducing some sort of collaborative musical uh, thing. Could know, happen. You know, I mean, they- we're such good friends. We could write a song about friendships. We could write a song about two guys who are friends, who are friends with a couple who sing together. Yeah. It's a great relationship. Ship. That we're in with a couple. <laughs> we're in a relationship. My with relationship with a couple. I, I think that's, that is probably a book. Third and fourth wheel. <laughs> but, uh, bringing up the rear. Yeah. I think we should probably not try to write songs just in the moment on Ear Biscuits. I think we should think about things before we tr- try to do that again. But I unabashedly own the fact that Ear Biscuits is our ploy to befriend even more people who are, oh, yeah. who are interesting on the internet. And hopefully you feel like... You are forging a friendship along with us, that you're sitting at the table with us or in the hotel room if we happen to be filming from somewhere else. Or. Let us know what you thought about this Ear Biscuit. A great way to do that, it helps us out a lot, is if you leave a review on iTunes, if you leave a comment on SoundCloud, that helps us out a lot. Uh, continues to send those uh, our, the Ear Biscuits up and where other people can discover it. And another thing you could do to help people discover it is just uh, tweet the link that we share. We always share a link over on our Tumblr page, uh, which also goes to our Twitter and our Facebook. And you can just use the hashtag Ear Biscuits and share that with your friends so everyone could enjoy the biscuits. Yeah, thanks thanks for your help there. Also, tweet at Pomplamoose. Pomplamoose is how you spell it. Pop la moose. Let them know what you thought and that you appreciated the uh, the friendshipization. Yeah. And if you want to say that, you know, Rhett and Link are really big fans, they're probably going to listen to this, but, you know, you can remind them on Twitter and you can talk about how we need to musically collaborate. That Two guys <laughs> befriending a couple. We're in a quadrship with Pop for the moose. First, first of all, I, I, we should probably consult our wives before we start a quad. Our wives are friends too. A quadership. We got instant Six families. People. You know what? We should just go. You know what? Maybe we should do a triple date. I think that's what it should be. That would make it a lot less awkward. Why are we not? Have, why haven't we thought about that until right now? Just triple date with our wives. Or Pomplamoose could keep our kids and we could just go on each, a double date. No. Or we could each just date our wives separately. But I get my wife, right? Yep. You can have your <laughs> wife. I'll have my wife. Jack and Natalie will keep our children. And then they'll write a song for us. And then when we get back, we'll record it. Our kids. This is a good idea. In a relationship with Pomplamoose. (laughs) We should just While we go on a date with our wives. I like the the sort of the lounge singer directionless vibe that the song that we know that we're going to co-write with Pomplamoose is taking on. Since none of their music sounds like that. Well, we're going to be a Vegas act with them. That's that's how it's going to end. All right, thanks for ear biscuiting with us. Hear you next week.